<laughs> Hi, I'm Melissa Carter. And I'm Jen Hobby. And here is our promise to you that Frenzy is here to change the conversation around age. So that you can celebrate all your years rather than lie about them. Real stories connecting real women. I am Melissa, and when I was about six or seven years old, my mother put a cot in her room, or her and my father's room, uh, so that I wouldn't wake them up because I was still afraid to sleep by myself. Oh, little Melissa was afraid of the dark? I was afraid of the dark, and mom was like, I just, you know, I'm sure to my father's dismay, my mother put a cot in the corner and said, just sleep there, and that way we can all get a full night's sleep. (laughs) Are you thinking about doing that yourself? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, so I, my son is following in my footsteps, I'm afraid. <laughs> much, to, much to Katie Joe's chagrin. So. <laughs> I'm Jen Hoppy and I love ruffles, sour cream, and cheddar potato chips, mm. snacking on them by the pool in the summertime. Mm. Now, you are this salty kind of, like, I have a bad sweet tooth, and you... You like the chips. Give me the potato chips, chips, chips over a cookie any day, girl. Yes, that is like a summertime dream with like a little lemonade. <gasps> mm, yes, see, I'm a happy girl. See, that's why we have been friends for so long because we don't compete over food, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so if, it, if somebody has a buffet of chips and cookies, we know, you know, we're, we're dividing it, you know, completely. But when don't, you talk, go ahead. Don't, you, don't you come over on my snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you touch my cookie, I think. Uh, so but since you we're talking about summertime, guess what? Coming up on today's episode, we are diving into self-care and what that looks like in the summertime. And we're going to get real about this post-pandemic feeling that everyone's going through right now, how we can recognize if we're not doing okay and talk about it, sharing those stories of what we can all do to prioritize ourselves and our own mental health. Amen, sister. So first, though, have you subscribed to the Frenzy podcast yet? We really would love for you to do that and leave us a review. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, including Stitcher, by the way. So if you are traveling a lot now back to work or taking trips this summer, we're on Stitcher in the car. So find us there. If you enjoyed this episode of The Frenzy, please share it with a friend. We'd love for more women just like you to find out about our show. And Melissa, we're going to dive into our plan for a self-care summer here in just a minute. But first, let's thank our sponsors. Just heard your friend, neighbor, or colleague has been diagnosed with cancer? Your first instinct is, what can I do? Kick It Pajamas is the answer. Kick It sells pajamas, gowns, and other accessories specifically designed for those going through cancer treatment. Go to kickitpajamas.com and use the code FRENZY to get 10% off. That's kickitpajamas.com, code FRENZY for 10% off. Give the gift of comfort and style. Kick It Pajamas. Let's kick cancer off the planet. Hey, it's Melissa. My family has a history of vascular disease, so I make a point to get my vascular system checked through Lifeline screening each year. The health of your arteries is important and it's critical to understand your risk of stroke and cardiovascular disease. With a simple preventative screening, I get peace of mind or early detection so that I can take action. Since 1993, Lifeline Screening's highly experienced staff has screened over 10 million people in order to bring awareness to potential health problems for follow-up with your physician. To find out more, go to LifelineScreening.com. That's LifelineScreening.com. And be sure to use the code FRIENDS. That's Frenzy without the Y. So that's F-R-I-E-N-D-Z. So let's talk about a self-care summer. And what does that mean? It means that when my six-year-old son tells me, Mama, I just want to spend more time with you, 
how much longer is this going to happen? You realize we have overscheduled ourselves without meaning to. That's what a self-care summer means to take it kind of a check on what you're doing. And is it something that's relaxing to you? And is it something that's relaxing to your family? That's right. Because we do tend to overschedule ourselves. I also think that self-care this summer in particular means identifying some of these post pandemic stressors. And I, I don't know about you, but I feel sometimes now that I'm experiencing the anxiety that I put on a shelf earlier this year. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I think that when you go through something like the pandemic and we all had different different emotions, because I was talking with someone, you know, the other day where if you were someone that was at home like I was and had to be for medical reasons, that's a certain kind of trauma, you know, subconsciously. And back out into the world is a certain kind of trauma yes. for you too. Right. And but people who had to work through the pandemic because there are people who could not be at home if they wanted to keep their jobs. That's a different kind of trauma of having to be out in it. Um, and so I think we all went through some really, really hard things subconsciously. And yes. People who lost family members and are still absolutely leaving after the pandemic, you know, people who had, uh, I was just talking to a friend yesterday who has two parents. She's an only child. Both of them had medical emergencies during COVID that had nothing to do with COVID. They had surgery, major surgery on the same day. Wow. And she Bless was her heart. The one there to manage it also through COVID. So I think she's dealing with some post pandemic trauma. Right. And then feelings. there's, and then Millie Pete, of course, passed last year, not from COVID, but we still have not had a service for her because yes. I mean, all of her relatives and, 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 you know, friends are all elderly. So we, we're still, we still haven't scheduled anything because we want to make sure everybody's comfortable. Yeah. And then for me, I mean, there was the trauma of the fact that I couldn't go be with my mother. So my mother was in hospice before she passed and I couldn't go be with her. So, and, and thank God for technology because I was able to, you know, zoom with her and FaceTime with her during that time. So I was able to communicate with her, but there was the stress and the fact that I couldn't go be with my mother. Um, you know, so I, we, everybody's been through, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I think that while we're all ready to move past it, right, we're ready to go to this next phase, this next new normal, whatever that looks like, I think it's important for us to identify the feelings we're going through, yeah. acknowledging them with one another, with your friends, with your family members, and just talking about it and getting it out and not pretending like we're all okay right away. Right. Like, okay, well, light yeah. switch, vaccines are working, we're all back again, everybody's fine, and it's like, no, we're not really fine. Let's talk about this. Let's like prioritize our mental health right now because it still feels weird. Yeah. Well, I think also some people are going to be aware of it. I think in, until they're hearing this conversation, they may not be aware of it. And, and like, for instance, um, I have a friend that moved recently mm -hmm. and she did not handle that move well at all, at all. Like it was just a simple move. And, you know, it's easy from the outside looking in to, you know, have these, these observations and moving sucks. It doesn't matter. I'm, moving is one of the worst things you can do, right? It's stressful already, but to do it post pandemic or, you know, we're kind of sliding out of the pandemic. We're not quite mm -hmm. out of it yet. You know, just watching her handle handling of it right that's to me the sign if you like for for my family 
you know, we'll talk about this a little bit in a minute, but when I talk about overscheduling, like we accidentally got involved in a lot of things here this month and we are all confused. We are all unsettled. I mean, this is, it's nothing, nothing bad is happening. It's just scheduling and it's scheduling fun things, but we mentally haven't been capable of getting a handle on our lives. And I think that is the sign of you have been dealing with something again on the subconscious level for the most part and conscious level. But I don't think people are aware of how much their mental health has been affected until, until these symptoms come out. Right. The fact that I, I'm an organizer and I can't get it organized. Right. And my friend is moving and she can't like the smallest things just set her off. And so I think it's to your point, it is very important for us to be aware of the fact that we are mentally not 100% to be okay with that and to communicate that, like you said, to share with each other that, look, I'm not okay and let's talk about it so that we can help each other out. Yeah, I'm going to tell you a couple days ago, I was trying to do all the things, right? So I was trying to get work stuff done, then uh, trying to get my kids picked up from camp, which is clear on the other side of town. Um, there's different rules around that camp and it's a new campus and I don't know how to get in. And I was trying to arrive there early so that I could do a conference call for work on my phone. Um, when I've recently got a new phone, so none of the apps were downloaded and working. (laughs) I was stuck outside the gate trying to pick up my kids from camp. I needed to get in the gate and get parked and find out where I needed to go so that I could jump on this conference call. The technology wasn't working very well. You know, we always talk about me and technology. (laughs) This was not my fault. The organizer of the call sent two invitations. Well, I was clicking on the link in the first invitation, but I needed the link in the second invitation. And I'm telling you all these details because it mounted into a near anxiety attack for me. You know why? I had zero water in the car for myself. I had been going all day, running, 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 and then no water anywhere in sight. So I couldn't even take care of myself at the most basic level with all these different things. And it um, was that anxiety swirling in my head. And I had to talk myself off a cliff. Like if I don't get on this call, it's not the end of the world. Why are you stressing out so much? But I do think it's this overwhelm of being back into the world again. You know, we dialed back really quickly yeah. at the beginning of the pandemic and Good shut point. down, which gave everyone anxiety, like, holy cow, how do I stay at home? Then everything slowed down so much that we all were able to recognize, like, wow, to me anyway, slowing down was great. Now the world is ramping back up again and the expectation to perform at work, perform as a parent, juggle new schedules in the summertime for our kids. All of those things are mounting and I had a full-on anxiety attack in the car. That makes total sense. I didn't think about the fact that you're right. It's, it's not a slow build that we've kind of like thrust back into things, especially those who've been at home and had that downtime. Like right. for, for me, um, so Katie and I, our son loves to swim. And so we had a, you know, local swim team that at six he qualified for. He, you know, he was, they, his swim 
teacher actually encouraged us to try, you know, have him try it for the swim team. So when Katie looked up the swim team and, you know, they had a waiting list. So Katie's like, oh, well, I guess he's not going to swim this year, but there's a diving team. And we laughed and thought, well, that's cute, cute six-year-old diving. So let's sign him up. That at least adorable. Yeah. So at least that way he's in the pool, right? And then as soon as we signed him up for diving, like two days later, the swimming said, oh, we're open. We'd love to have him. So we're like, all right, well, let's do both. Not realizing that we've never done swim dive before. So he's doing on two teams. Practices are at eight o'clock in the morning and at 730 at night every day. And then you have meets twice a week and these meets travel. So it's not just at our community pool. It's also all over the place. We have to drive all over town. Then you're back in traffic, which you ha- also have back in traffic the last 15 months. And then I'm the organizer. No, no offense to Katie. And thank goodness for Katie's mom, uh, Mama Joe, Katie Joe and Mama Joe, uh, because they have been troopers, but they're not the most organized people. They are more the spontaneous. I can pick up and run. I can. And I'm not that person. I'm not the pick up and run girl. So when it comes to all of this scheduling, I'm the one that's usually communicating to them. I have to keep it together. So anyway, point being, uh, and, you know, I realize that I need to provide snacks for him at these events. Again, the planner, because swimming takes a lot of energy and he gets yes. hungry. He does. He's like in three, you know, three races in each. Anyway, all and these the things. Water are bottles. And he's got to have his yes. own water bottle because there's no water fountains turned on anywhere because of COVID. And yes, you got to make sure that he's not getting. And the right swim trunk. And Jen, yes. when you swim, you don't, you can't use regular swim trunks. There's race trunks that you have to wear. <laughs> Required black race trunks. And so we're, yeah. and he lives in two different homes. So they always get lost. And so, oh, yeah. And so anyway, yes. I mean, I. I, like I said, my son finally said to me when, like, I'd like to spend more time with you, like, because he's been run, run. And then we, on top of that camps, I scheduled camps this. I, so I was like, I will never do this again because I understand now the complexity of swim dive. And so I'm, but anyway, it'll, it'll soon ease, but it has been really challenging. And it feels like the pat he's only been doing this for three weeks but it feels like three years that we've been in the yes. middle of this and it's all fun and it's all cute. And once we're there and, st- but it's like you said, it's the mental taxation of having to keep these things together and organized and scheduled. And what do I need? And is there snacks for mama? I don't fix snacks for myself. Of is there, not. did yeah. you remember your own water bottle? Did yes. You, did, yeah. Did it, take five exactly. minutes to make sure you had the right thing to wear for swimming. Nope. Yeah. You so just, I just go, I make sure he's, Yes. On the bottom of the priority list. Right. And I think that's where this, the, you know, that's where we wanted to talk about this on the podcast today, like a self-care summer. If we can think of that as a theme, then maybe we can put ourselves on that to-do list. We can insert a couple of things simple as water and snacks for ourselves so that we have the energy to keep going and taking care of everybody. I know what you're talking about. And I feel blessed that we've got the benefit of Amazon, like the details for my daughter's dance. You know, she's in this new dance company and she loves dance, but every time I turn around, there's a new email about what we need to bring for dance. And so the other day on Amazon, I'm like, okay, she needs to have pink tights and a black leotard and a black skirt on this day. And these shoes on this day. And then on this day, it's a different tank top and a different stretch outfit and a blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I'm just going to order multiple on Amazon because I cannot figure out where it is in the laundry, right? Yes. <laughs> At what stage of filthiness is said black leotard? Right. <laughs> you know, like I just want more. So I don't have to worry about it. 
it's like trying to come up with little shortcuts so that we don't go crazy. Well, and then for those who don't have kids that may be working multiple jobs, I mean, that's the other thing, uh, you know, one of my son's coaches, like he's, we were all there at eight o'clock in the morning at the pool and he was a no show, which is unlike him. And then he had slept in because he himself, he, he comes and coaches at eight o'clock in the morning. He's got a full-time job and then he has to come back at night and do it and do it all over again. And he also, you know, he's a father. And so I looked at him that morning, like nobody gave him crap for sleeping in, like, because everybody, you know, the, the beauty of what you're talking about, the self-care summers, we all can relate because yes. when he slept in that more, I'm thinking any other year, you know, parents would have been angry. Like, well, I got here. Why can't you get here? I got it together. What, you know, why did you waste my time? Especially the parents who, you know, are having to work and having to figure out, you know, dropping them off and don't want to drop them off until the coach is there and whatever. But I noticed, cause I thought to myself, I'm, I can't be mad at him. Cause I, I'm just shocked. I'm here and knew that I was <laughs> supposed to be here. And so, but I saw the grace that everybody gave him. Right. And he was so thankful um, but it, I think everybody's feel like everybody is giving forgiveness or should be giving forgiveness because they're seeking it themselves right now. Cause I think, and I'm glad we're having this conversation because I, I just think awareness is key. I, I think you're not alone. If you're out there, whatever you're trying to do, you're not alone because you know, we're all feeling just odd. It's just an odd time. Um, like you said, there's trauma. That has not been addressed. There's uncertainty. We've been tr also trained to be uncertain about things. We've been trained to not trust mm -hmm. things. And so now we're having to, yeah. and I think through the pandemic, what frustrated me the most was I felt like there was a, you got to figure it out for yourself. Like there was no, some people were back at work. Some people weren't. Some people were, were at home full time. Some people weren't. And some people let their kids go to school and some people had to hold them, you know, into remote like I did. And I just, you know, one of the things that was really hard on me was I felt like I was making these decisions for myself by myself. And I wasn't, you know, I couldn't, I could not expect necessarily support from others because they were trying to fend for themselves as well. You know, right. I felt divided. I wanted to ask you about going back out into the world. I know recently one of your best friends dragged you out to go to lunch yes. and if you're, you know, you're going back to the swim practice and dive practices, but you're still working from home. So yep. how has that transition back out into the world been? Are you nervous? You know, surprisingly when I'm out, I'm not, I don't feel bad, but again, I do think there's an internal, it's, it's like I'm keeping a check on my internal emotion. Like, you know, again, subconscious, mm -hmm. I don't want to overuse that word, but um, because the first outing was a Braves game back um, when, because we're in Atlanta. And so the Atlanta Braves was very restrictive on their crowds, crowd space and social distancing in the beginning of the season um, and mask wearing and everything. So I went to a game early in the season and felt completely comfortable because it was outside and people were being respectful and everybody had their mask on and all that. So, and I remember thinking, I'm shockingly calm, like this is fine. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, with my son's uh, events, I still care. I, I wore a mask through the most of this swim season. <laughs> I guess you call it a season. I don't know. But it's only been in the past few weeks that I have been comfortable not having my mask on at the pool 
because uh, a pool is very safe, but chlorine kills coronavirus. So one of the things is in the pool is very safe because the one one of the th few things that will kill coronavirus is chlorine. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so hey, I'm going to um, jump in the pool every day. <laughs> it's one of the reasons that we allowed Mr. Carter to continue his swim lesson. He loves swimming. His swim lessons throughout the pandemic. He went once a week to the pool throughout the pandemic was because I we knew that fact that it, cool. it can't survive in chlorine. So. Um, but for me, I'll share this, you know, as a kidney transplant recipient, they have found that the vaccine is not necessarily working on all people who have immunocompromised things. So HIV patients um, who's uh, and I take medicines to purposely suppress my immune system so my body doesn't uh, attack the kidney. So uh, organ transplant recipients are have a low immune system. Um, and like I said, HIV on, on a natural level, their immune systems are compromised. So people like that who get the vaccine, they're finding that it doesn't necessarily take because the idea is that you tell your immune system, this is what you need to do to attack the coronavirus. Well, if your immune system is compromised, it may not be listening, right? It may not like, I didn't get that. And so the idea is that people like me who may not have had the vaccine work just get a second round of vaccines and they're trying to see if that works. So when that news came out, um, I had had my vaccine for a couple months. And when that news came out, I was like, Oh my, do I have to go back into, cause I had been out and about, but with my mask on. And so that added to the stress. I thought here I am again, having to make these decisions for my family. And of course my son is too young to get a vaccine. So he, you know, he could easily carry it, um, back to me. And I thought, you know, in this whole time that I was at home was I, my goal was, it wasn't necessarily that I was afraid to die. Everybody's afraid to die. So that's a dumb you know thing for people to think they're not, but I, it wasn't that it was, I did not, if I could help it, if God allowed me to live, I did not want my son to have to go through that ordeal of me dying and him thinking he did it. Mm -hmm. The more important thing is him thinking he gave it to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that was my prayer during the pandemic was please don't put my son through that. Um, because I know that that's what he would, he would be too young to understand. Um, and I was blessed with that. And so anyway, long story short to your point, I did get the test though. After I, I, you get a, a spike protein antibody test, which is not offered at the drugstores. This is something you have to go specifically to a lab place to get. And I was found to have the antibody that I needed to fight the coronavirus. So the vaccine did work in me. Um, and so that has allowed me to, uh, a couple things. I go out. I'm not stressed because of everything I just said. God let me live um, and I'm going to live. And then the second thing is that I'm protected. I'm still I'm still cautious. I still only like to do outdoor things, um, but I'm tired of feeling afraid. I'm just mm -hmm. exhausted by feeling afraid. And I know that was a long monologue, but it's, you know, to the, the, the point is, I think everybody is wanting to get back to normal, but it may be a little harder for them to do it. You know, it's not as easy as we thought it might be because this lasted so long. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Right. Well, and I think too, you know, letting yourself feel the effects of that fight or flight response, Right. I think for all of us, it's like, okay, whether you got the vaccine or not, or you're back out into the world, like, yay. And then you dial it back again, or then it's just that up and down of the emotions that is taking a toll on our physical and mental health. Just acknowledging that, talking about it, not keeping it all bottled up inside of you. Yeah. 
I think is important because when, when it's bottled up in there, it's going to make it worse. Well, let me ask you this. So I'm single and I, you know, didn't have, um, you know, my relationship with my son, I had my son during the pandemic, but I didn't have a relationship, which I've had people whose relationships have been strengthened by uh, the pandemic. And then I know people whose relationships were torn apart by it. So how did you and Grant, like, how is that something e extra that you had to endure and maintain and make sure, you know, things didn't go south? I think it was both. I think it was some of our closest times and at the same time, some of our hardest times. But I think we realized we were on each other's team. And when he was having a rough day or super stressed out because of his job and all of the pressure that comes with what he does, which is a school superintendent, during this time, I had his back. You know, we were those team members. But at the same time, it was very hard to be on the receiving end of a lot of that stress. So it was hard for us. So I would say it's both. But what I loved during that time is the time that the four of us as a family got together and there weren't as many interruptions in that. We didn't have any weekend plans. We get to the weekend and be like, so what are we doing this weekend? <laughs> Nothing. And it was in the living room. Yay. Yay. Exactly. <laughs> or it was, you know, going for a hike. It was doing things just the four of us. So I feel like in many ways it brought all of us much closer together. I know we both feel closer with our kids and, and closer the two of us, you know, we got into some rhythms where, you know, the girls on Saturday afternoons would have Saturday screen time. We called it rest hour and they went to their rooms with a screen and we went to our room to rest mm -hmm. with finger quotes. Right? Right, right. But that got scheduled. And now that we're back out into the world again, I'm like, oh no, we have stuff to do on Saturday afternoons. That sucks. Right. <laughs> it's like, it does, you don't have to maybe, um, you know, you like know, maybe not, we could keep rest hour going. Maybe get rest hour going. That's right. That's <laughs> funny. Great. We had a, uh, I grew up in a, in a, we had a ranch house mm -hmm. and so, but we had a big basement. So, um, if you looked from the street to our house, it looked like one level ranch but in the back, as the land sloped, it was a big basement underneath this. So anyway, there was a bedroom downstairs and it was, and I know that every member of my family had relations in that room because it was, <laughs> it was a room that had no windows. It was dark all the time. And because, um, the front, the front part of the basement had no access to sure. windows. Yeah. And so dad's office was down there and there was a bedroom downstairs. And so I just remember, I, I forgot what they called it, but it was basically dad, I think tried to play it off. Like, well, mom and I need to talk business. Like we need, we're going to my, like, we're yeah. going to my office mm -hmm. because we need to discuss something. So we don't need to be interrupted. And so they'd go downstairs and it had a, <laughs> and this was the seventies. They built this house. So it was uh, cause my parents built this house and it was a red shag carpet. So we shag all just, <laughs> so we called it the red room. That was just the red room. And so that was oh, our yeah. nickname for the room. And, and yeah, every one of us uh, had sex in that room. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> you could go any time of the day and it's pitch black and it's private. See? and it's Yeah. Maybe for your self-care summer, you would get yourself a red the red room. room. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. I want to yeah. talk about these like self-care to-do list items because you know, we hear that term a lot, you know, oh, you got to have self-care, you know, and it's always the analogy of put your own face mask on the, then you, before you can tell, help everyone else, you know, the oxygen on yeah, the airplane on the plane. analogy that everybody uses all the time. So that's a little overused and I get the concept, but what does that really look like in your everyday life? Like, let's, 
drill this down to specifics. Um, and I heard a tip recently that said, put it on your to-do list. Just like, oh, I got to call the HVAC guy today to come over and fix the air conditioner. And I have to do blank for self-care, go on a walk, take a nap for five minutes, you know, read a magazine, those type of I, things. And I thought, yeah. well, maybe if I started scheduling it, then maybe I really would do it. I bought a new journal for that reason. So I used to, I, cause I'm still a paper calendar girl and I do coordinate with my phone. Um, but I am old. Yeah. I, now that I'm, you know, I used to joke about, Oh, I'm old school, but now that I'm in my fifties, it's like, Oh shit, I'm old and I'm getting old school. <laughs> so, um, but I have always liked a paper calendar for the reason not because I'm a geek, I'm a tech geek. It's because what I don't like about the calendars on your phone is you can't see the whole week and the whole schedule in, mm. in one view. So I like, I always had a weekly calendar where I would open it up and I could see my week to kind of, cause for me as a planner, I need to have an idea of what my week looks like before I enter it. Well, the new journal I got is a daily hourly calendar. I never had one of those. I just had the big block w monthly. And the reason for the hourly calendar, and I got a set of pins because I'm, art, you know, artsy, fartsy. And I color coordinate the things in the calendar. So if I have right. to do something for work, it's a certain color. And what I do is I put that in first. And then I look at what's left. And for the purpose of, I have a pen that is for me. And that's then I have to schedule the things for me. So I've already started the process. I haven't been successful because, <clears throat> you know, I told you I've, I've been a wreck with this, you know, the swim thing. But the but I went ahead and purchased this not too long ago because after the pandemic, I thought I don't want to lose the time where I'm just sitting still because it's not just about walking. There are times I just want to sit on my deck. I just want to, mm -hmm. you know, because in the pandemic, when I was stressed, I would go out on the deck and get some sun. Because mm -hmm. our pool wasn't open last summer and, you know, we, because I live in a townhome community and neighbors weren't out doing stuff. And so I thought, but I need to be outside. And so I did walk. I got comfortable walking, but it was one of those things. As soon as neighbors saw each other, like we bid, did a big wide berth, you know, away from each other. So that added to the stress of, I can't even be around you even when I'm walking. So anyway, I would, um, I would take time to de-stress mm -hmm. and, and so you've got to continue that even now. Like I've got to still have time to sit on the day. And if I have to schedule it, then damn it, I have to schedule it. It has to get done. And I think sleep, I think you've got to get your sleep. I think self-care means sleep. Don't, don't try to catch up, you know, unless there's a reason you can't sleep like job shifts or whatever. But if you have the luxury of being able to get a full night's sleep, then take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Make sure it happens. Tell your family, like get, you set yourself a bed to, I don't care what it is, but you know, again, your family has to be on board with taking care of you. And how about doing it without guilt? Cause I think that's the other thing for me. A couple of weeks ago, I was just feeling really run down in the afternoon, but my kids weren't home. I was working from home and I was like, you know what? I'm going to lie down just for like 15 or 20 minutes and rest and you know, maybe take a nap or maybe just close my eyes. I just was not feeling well. It's kind of like headachey and nauseousy. I don't know, even know why. Cause I had had a good night's sleep the night before it was odd. And even lying down for 15 minutes, I felt guilty about it. The whole time I was like, I should be doing this. I should be getting dinner ready. I should be answering emails. I should, you know, call my boss back. I should be doing, I had all these, I should be's when really my body wasn't feeling good. And I should have just 
laid well, there and taking a nap guilt-free. I think that you have to think, I, what I do is I'm like, what would I tell a friend in this situation? Mm -hmm. And if I'm kinder to a friend than I am myself, that's a problem. And, and I will say that losing my mother last year, the hardest part of it is her presence in the world. Uh, even though I didn't talk to her every day and I didn't see her every day, like I did when I was young, but it was still that my mom's here. You know, like mm -hmm. I can always, and it still tears me up. I can always call her when I don't feel good, mm -hmm. when I feel insecure. And the hardest part, the hardest thing to handle Millie Pete not being here is the fact that I don't have that. I don't have that net anymore. And so what I, I come to terms with that is I'm not a victim. It's the, it's my turn. I've, I'm the mom now. I'm the mom of Melissa. Uh, my mom is gone and she can't do those, those things for me anymore. And and that also helps. So if I, you know, if I'm in the same situation, I'm not feeling good, I need to take a nap. Then I think to myself, okay, I'm the mother of me. What would my mother say to do? My mother said, get your ass on the couch and go to sleep and everything right. else can wait. Chill out for 15 so minutes. I think, yes. I think that you, I think you have to, you're the CEO of your life and you're the mother of yourself. And as an adult, like as a kid, you probably argued about, oh, I can't wait till I'm an adult and I can make my own decisions. Well, now you're an adult making your own decisions and those decisions need to reflect how much you love yourself and you're, and by needing to call your boss back or needing to do something for your daughters, or you're putting them ahead of you. And it goes back to that airline analogy. That's where you do have to put, you have to be healthy for them to be healthy mm -hmm. and you have to be healthy for your job to profit from you. And so um, you're, yeah. I don't know if that helped, but that's what like, I do is I think of think about what my mom's not mom here tell you. And what would your, yeah. what would you say to your best friend? That's a great way to flip it in your mind because and my would, mother and look, my yeah. mother would be mad. And that's the thing. It's like, I, I still fear my Millie Pete shit. I don't, <laughs> she, she may be in heaven, but I, I, you know, she, it she was a no frills woman. So it was more mm -hmm. of a kind of get over yourself. She was a very get over yourself and just do what's the right thing. Like she would only tolerate a struggle for so long. And then she would think you're indulging. That was her big thing. Don't indulge. And so if I complained about something too long, then she'd snap me out of it and say, get your shit together. Oh, she wouldn't, she would never cuss, but um, it'd be like, get your act to get it together. And, and yeah. you're, you're grown. So be grown. And that means you have to do what you got to do, including take care of yourself. Right. One of my favorite things to do to take care of myself is read, is just either sit by the pool with a good book or at night before going to bed reading. And I just wanted to mention that I have, I have plowed through some really great books recently, and um, maybe we can put them in the show notes for this episode mm -hmm. um, of book suggestions. Absolutely. That, that made me think about your book blog. <laughs> I do have a book blog. Will you share with everybody what you're doing? <laughs> so I love it. it. It's, it's, uh, it's more of a labor of love. Cause I think I have two people that are subscribed and really love it. But, um, I, when Jen and I came up with the name for the frenzy, we had a lot of rejected names. And one of the rejected names was you only have your shelf to blame. <laughs> and I was like, that would be a great book blog. And then I thought, hell I'll do it. So I, so it's, you only have your shelf to blame.com and I have videos that go with it. And literally, like I said, two people, um, are, are fans, <laughs> but awesome. it, but I talk about, cause my, my theory is you are what you consume. And so I am reflecting on the books on my bookshelf. So it's like, you only have your shelf to blame. If you're stressed out, then 
what are you consuming? What are you reading? What are you entertaining yourself with? And so every week I talk about different books on my shelf and, uh, you know, and how diverse they are. So if that, if you want some recommendations, um, yeah, you can go there as well and we'll have that link. But it is funny because it's, uh, I don't promote it and I don't, you know, cause I just kind of do it. And, um, so it's kind of nice that it's been, more of a diary than an actual public thing. But yes, I would love for you to check it out if you, if well, you're so kind to do so. <laughs> your secret is out. Your secret's out. <laughs> also wanted to mention for self-care summer, um, that recently this year I was, um, diagnosed with a melanoma skin cancer. That's it was right. stage zero. And thank goodness I have a wonderful dermatologist who I was going to every six months. Now I'm every three months. Very um, good. But because I was going every six months, she was able to catch it at stage zero. I have a big old uh, scar on my knee where they took it out. And luckily they got all the margins and they'll just keep an eye on me. But I share that because when we are outside this summer, you know, taking care of our skin is so important. And I'm just sharing that with you as a skin cancer survivor in two different ways. I had a squamous cell carcinoma on my nose back in 2016 and then um, a melanoma on my leg this year. Um, I grew up in Florida, had a lot of sun exposure as a kid, which I'm sure is where a lot of that comes from. But sometimes we are genetically predisposed to skin cancer. So by sharing that story, I'm hoping that you will make an appointment with your dermatologist this summer absolutely, and just go get a full body check because then they can just scan you and go, yep, you're good. And then see you in a year. Or they might say, hmm, that one's kind of bothering me. But skin cancer is like the easiest cancer to beat if you stay ahead of it. Mm -hmm. um, it can be you know, fatal if you don't. And yeah. so um, I shared my melanoma story with some of my best friends on a group text that we're on. I'm like, yo, girls, if you have been putting off the dermatologist because of the pandemic, don't. I just went, she found a freckle. It was the tiniest freckle, Melissa. You would not have even paid attention, attention to, to it. it. It wasn't a mole. It wasn't growing. It wasn't big. It was the tiniest little speck. But because I have a good doctor, she was like, that wasn't there before. Let me go ahead and biopsy that. And sure enough, she saved my life. Mm -hmm. That appointment saved my life. And so I send it to the group text to my girlfriends. I'm like, if you need a good doctor, go to this person, whatever. Just don't quit it. Right. And sure enough, one of my best friends went in and she had a major skin cancer on her nose. Wow. And ended up having a surgery. They got it all. But if I had not shared my story, right, she probably wouldn't have gone because she was one that was very paranoid about getting back out again after the pandemic. She did not feel very comfortable going back into life again. And she probably would have majorly put off that visit. So I'm glad wow. I shared with her and now she's healthy and now she gets to share her story with other people. So I felt like with our self-care summer episode, I wanted to mention. Absolutely. That. Yes, you should, because self-care means medical care. You should go back and you should get a dermatologist. You should do that every year at least. You need to get back, get your, get your teeth done, go, go to the dentist, get a checkup, lifeline screening, go get your veins checked. I mean, like you should do all these things because that is self-care. That is it's just like, you know, we are used to going to the doctor with the gynecologist since we were teenagers. So we, you know, to me, medical procedures for women shouldn't phase us at all. We just have to make, we have to take the time to do it for ourselves. We would take the time to do it for our kids. We would take the time to do it for our parents. We got to mm -hmm. take the time to do it for ourselves. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I think you're absolutely right. And I, and you know, there's so many ways to, for self-care to eat right, to get exercise, to sleep well. And the other thing I want to uh, talk about before we close mm -hmm. this is to love yourself in your, in your bathing suit. 
The, oh, yeah. One, yes, one, that's the hardest one, Melissa. Here's the thing. Here's, and I, I'm going to say this to you, okay? And this, this, I, I, you know, suffer from the same thing. I do the same thing. I'm a woman. But what my mantra to myself is that, and this may, you know what, we'll just call this the mirror mantra this week, okay? I want you, this is about bathing suits. So we're just going to do the mirror mantra right now. Let's do it. Your body is a beautiful machine. And you should honor it. This body has gotten you through birth until whatever age you are now. It's got you through childbirth for some of you. Some of you have survived cancer. Some of you, like me, have had an organ transplant and your body kept going. You know, I'm one that um, I, I almost died at birth and I kept going. And I'll, you know, and here I faced a, you know, kidney transplant and I kept going. And I've been through a pandemic and I kept going. So that's my mantra is the fact that, this, you know, for all the trauma we've talked about, what we've been through, there's also some bullshit, you know, pardon my language, that we need to cut out of our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt when I put a bathing suit on and got self-conscious after the pandemic. I, it was muscle memory. It was muscle memory like, look, you know, look at my middle-aged body, look at the fat, look at, you know, I, I don't look like I did when I was whatever. And I thought, Melissa, what in the world are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Your body is a beautiful machine that has gotten you through so many things. And it's the machine that God made, whatever your religion is, whatever your source, universe, God, whatever it is. This is something that was crafted that you are in charge of. And I think that self-care, the ultimate self-care is to stop insulting yourself so much in front of the mirror. That The reason we call it mirror mantras is because we know that's where you're most vulnerable is in front of the mirror. When you're getting your bathing suit on, don't give a shit. Like you should thank your body for functioning and being here and keeping your life to do these experiences. And I, you know, that may sound, sound, you know, hoity toity or whatever, but it's the truth. Like if you really study everything your body is doing and surviving that that's what I do is I'm like, my body's a beautiful machine and, and, you know, so what? I'm going to pat those dimples on my thighs and say, thank you for getting me here. (laughs) Because I, I've started because I, I, I don't complain. My mother never complained about herself. I don't complain about myself in front of my son, but, uh, I, but I acknowledge the, cause my problem area is my little pot belly and I inherited that from my mother. And so I just started comparing it to Winnie the Pooh. Like if I, if I talk about it, I, t- I call it my poo belly because <laughs> I want it to have a pot. I want him to hear me talk about it in a positive way. It's my little poo belly, you know? And, um, and I have to do it and I'm doing it for myself. You know, I'm doing it for myself to, to change, um, to change the perception I have of myself. So we all, I suffer, everybody suffers from it, but the number one self-care thing is when you look in the mirror, why are you going to the dermatologist? Why are you going to the doctor? Why are you going to get your health taken care of when you look at your body in the mirror and call yourself ugly? Like you're contradicting yourself. Why are you trying to survive? Why are you trying to be healthy and then when you are alive, because of those doctors, you tell yourself you could do better. It doesn't and make sense. It doesn't make sense. And you would never say that to any of your friends. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, that, yeah, your body is a beautiful machine. Treat it as such. It has, it has carried you. So now it's your turn to take care of it and make it feel good about itself. Boom. There's Melissa's mirror mantra. I love there it. Are. So good. All right, let's grab a fun question out of the You Don't Know My Life box. All right. Do, 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 you do, do, don't do, do, know do. my life. You don't know my life. 
you can steal these and use them with your friends this summer. You can use them at work to get to know people better. They're like great icebreakers too. Absolutely. It's funny you use those terms because the question for today is, have you ever stolen anything? Oh, funny. <laughs> you want me to go first? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Go ahead. It's silly. Um, because I really didn't, but I thought, so I was this kid, I was the kid that got on your nerves because I did everything just right. I wanted to be perfect and I followed all the rules. You didn't have to tell me very often. I was very good. I was this easy. I was the easy kid. Melissa and, is the Enneagram nine with a leaning towards a one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nine with the one wing. <laughs> yes. So obviously it was for, you know, craving love, I'm sure. But I was the easy kid. And so I had a neighbor and I went over, I was walking toward my neighbors to see if they were home. They weren't home. I came back and they had, there. it was one of their toys. I forgot what it was. It was like this, like toy set of teeth or so. It was like this little toy thing that was in their driveway. And I picked it up and put it in my pocket and I brought it home. And I felt so guilty because I thought I'd stolen it. Now, I doubt they ever even missed it. And and we were friends. So I don't even think they would have cared if I took it to my house because I was right next door. But I tortured myself over the fact that I picked that up without asking permission. That I, like, a couple days later... Well, first, I remember discarding it, you like putting it somewhere like I wouldn't allow myself to play. I was the weird kid. I wouldn't <laughs> allow myself to play with it because I was punishing myself. And I thought, no, I got to give it back. So I walked over there and I put it right back in the place in the driveway where it was before and then went back home. To, and they to, never knew. They never knew. And they wouldn't have. But yes, that that's the Cute. that is Melissa Carter's one time that she stole something. I, I'm telling you, I'm not. I'm not as rebellious and as, you know, chaotic or what is it uh, to 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 break down the barriers of society and to break all the rules. That is not me. Definitely not. I don't think I've ever stolen anything either just for fear of getting in trouble for it. But I'm guessing if I stole anything, it's probably been office products. <laughs> Does that count really? Does that oh. count from your work? Like when you're like, oh, they got good pens. I'm going to grab a couple. And then you use them at work and then they end up in your purse and then you have them at home. And then, you know, a couple months later, you're like, oh, I totally stole these from work. But it wasn't ever like I'm going to the supply closet to intentionally steal them. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's kind of boring. <laughs> I do have a funny story, though, about a girl. <laughs> you will. I can't say her name on the podcast, but you and I both worked with her and she was a radio headphone kleptomaniac. I don't she know. The, I, I can't wait to find out who this everyone's is. Everyone's headphones. Because, you know, in radio, oh. you, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see our, our big clunky headphones that the cover same. our ears or whatever. Same they, brand. Everybody had the same yeah, brand. Everybody kind of exactly has the same. same ones or whatever. And when you're starting out in radio, that's your biggest expense, right? I mean, well, I felt like that was a lot of money back then to spend money on your own headphones. They're, they're, they were like $100 when we started in radio. Which so, was a lot of money for me. Right. And so I remember... And you sometimes forget them at your place in a studio, which is like, you know, you share that with a bunch of different roommates and everything. Well, this girl would end up with everyone else's headphones on her head. And she would be like, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I kind of kind of forgot. And then give them back to you. But you always had to call her out for wearing your headphones. And then one time, oh, my gosh, I don't think I can tell this story without revealing her name because Someone had written their name on their headphones and she, it seemed like she had rubbed off like three of the letters. So she did it on purpose. She and was then there were only like two letters left 
and those two letters were not in her name, but she said it was like M-E or something was left on the headphones. And she's like, yeah, these are mine. I wrote me on it. And we're like, nobody writes Oh, me I can't wait to hear who this is. On because my I, headphones. Like because, you would write your name, right? You would write fully yes. your name. And M-E wasn't even like a combination in her name. Because <laughs> I remember... First or last, those we were, were like, you're crazy, and you're the, a headphone klepto. So those who were in Atlanta, so I used to work for 99X before you and I worked together, and there was a guy there, Jimmy Barron, and he would take a, it's not a soldering tool, but he would engrave his initials in yeah. because you know we'll we'll have a link to these headphones if somebody's <laughs> interested in you know doing <laughs> podcasting and these these head because these are the. Uh, these are the professional headphones that all professional radio people use. So if you're wondering what kind of headphones these are at, um, and so he, he would do that. So I all after his, he, cause he was kind of my mentor. So I, I bought puffy letters at like Michael's who's not a sponsor, but anyway. Um, and, and I would put, I would have my name on the bridge of the headphones in puffy letters for that reason, because yeah, so mine would, never got stolen. I would try to write on it with like silver Sharpie, you know, that would stay mm -hmm. on there, but sometimes that would get rubbed off. But I'm telling you what, this girl took oh, everybody's headphones. We have everybody's. We would find them in her bags and she wouldn't stop stealing them. All right. Look, okay. So sorry, people. There's a chat in, in StreamYard that we're using. <laughs> Will you chat her name? Nobody can see it. Okay. Just chat it. <sighs> she purposely. Where do I put it? Where, where, if I put you it, where the, are you going to see it? it? I have my chats up. All right. Send me a chat. Oh, okay. a private chat. Private yeah. chat. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Now I got it. Okay. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> sorry. This is, we're completely inside oh <gasps> really yes. i didn't know that that is not who i would have guessed constantly wow <laughs> so yes you anyway, across her if you ever work with her she doesn't live hang in on tight. anymore well you never know girl hang on tight to your headphones oh i because these don't have my name on it so anyway so that's don't so inside but yeah <laughs> See, that's not self self care also means to mm -hmm. be respectful of others. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, you have good, good vibes coming back at you. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. So there there's, yeah, there's the, there's the stealing stories. Is there a friend of yours who would enjoy this episode about having a self care summer? Please share this with her. Plus you can check out our YouTube channel with videos and extended interviews. And our apologies to everybody who said, Oh my God, those are the only things y'all stole. Like y'all are so vanilla. Uh, <laughs> Please sign up for our weekly email and we will send the episode right to your inbox. We make it easy for you. We include links to the things we discuss, including links for these headphones and give you some deeper insights to these topics. All you got to do is go to thefrenzy.com. That's spelled F-R-I-E-N-D-Z-Y, thefrenzy.com today. Thank you so much to our listeners who have already subscribed to our email list. Big shout out to Judy Gebbin. Laura Summer and Marilyn McNair. Thank you all so much. Yeah. And our self-care summer for us, for me and Melissa, means that we are going to take a break from podcasting in July because we're working on new exciting things for you in our next season. 
So for you, our friends, we are taking a break so we can focus on a couple other things, but we will be back with brand new episodes of The Frenzy in August. Yes. And so this is a great time. I had somebody just recently say, oh my God, you and Jen are doing a podcast together. So we know that there's a lot of people who don't realize this podcast is here. This is our 22nd episode. So we encourage you in July to not only tell your friends, but you can also go back through the first 22 episodes and catch up on conversations, uh, especially the first uh, you know few ones that we had that people may not be aware of of course i always i mean aaron gray i'm such a sci-fi geek that uh you know aaron gray from buck rogers and from silver spoons um she was on the show and she's you know i mean and she showed us her, her gray hair for the first time and she talked about some of the things behind the scenes of those shows that you know she's comfortable talking about now that she certainly would not have talked about then Oh my gosh, so many great episodes. I can't even pick a favorite, um, but I will tell you with the Frenzy Five, we ask all of our interviewees the same five questions. One of the things that we asked to um, Melissa Proctor is something that I started doing and I have loved. So I would encourage you to go back to uh, episode 11 with Melissa Proctor. She is chief marketing officer at the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, oh, yes, Aaron, sorry, Aaron. Gray. So, yes, Melissa Proctor was episode 11. Uh, uh, Aaron Gray was episode four. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, something else. If you are a fan of Leanne Morgan, I know that that was a big, uh, you know, episode of our podcast for a lot of listeners. They love Leanne Morgan. She's a hilarious comedian. Uh, she is episode 10. And so she's she's if you need a smile, she's definitely going to give you a smile. And last one to mention, if you're if you want to laugh, Melissa Peterman is an actor, comedian. Uh, she works with my brother out in Hollywood on Young Sheldon. That is a hilarious episode. I mean, I was part of it recording it. And when I went back to listen to it, I was laughing out loud. So great. that's and a fun one. And those are just a couple of highlights. I'm telling you, every single episode has been such meaningful conversation. Yeah. Let uh, me give one more. Do you mind? Because it goes with self-care. Oh, yes. So Pam Muller, episode eight. It, yes. She explained about she's a dream expert expert and she helps you understand yourself through dreams so dreams are not necessarily warning you about the world dreams are trying to tell you about yourself your body is trying to communicate to you through dreams so again episode eight if it's talking about self-care then listen yes. to pam and and see how you might be able to process some of the things you've been through uh, because your dreams are also kind of fleshing out some of these these traumas that you've experienced self-care summer that's what it's all about yeah. The Frenzy is hosted and produced by Melissa Carter and Jen Hobby. And sound editing produced by Bo Johnson. Original soundtrack produced by Tammy Hurd for placement music, written and recorded by Mark Daniels. These are real stories connecting real women. Thank you so much for spending time with us. And until August, trust your gut, share your story, and, and stop, stop lying, lying about, about your age. <laughs> Take care of yourself, people, until we see you again. Yeah, please do. We'll be back in August. See you then.